Hey everyone, I've been talking for a good three minutes with the record button on pause, so I'm now going to repeat myself and rephrase myself. Uh, welcome, Ronan here from This Is Cork. Welcome to another edition of um, This Is Cork Podcasts. Uh, as ever, I appreciate the listens. I'm listening back myself, which is really getting the numbers up. And I'm really trying to cut out the uhs and ums because I wouldn't be a fan of WhatsApp voice messages when people do that to one person. But when I'm trying to tell the whole internet, I should have focused my thoughts beforehand. Well, today's conversation is a follow on. It's up once again, it's the world of music. I seem to be covering a lot of that recently, but I suppose music is a 366 days a year thing in 2020. Um, it's an interview with Chris Ahern. A lot of people would know him around Cork. Some people know him from uh, sitting on the stage and playing the guitar himself with Stargazers. I have one of their LPs myself down in my uh, music library, which is a set of shelves with loads of records on him. A lot of people would know him as an educator. Uh, I've I've known him in that capacity for quite a while as well. I would almost view what he does out in Colossus Efenefa almost more like facilitating than educating, but just so many different people have come through um, the doors there, uh, the classrooms, and come out with focus. Um, I'm, j- I'm just doing a quick tot, this is the kind of thing. At least five former students have been nominated for the Choice Award, which is on this evening, I realise. Um, so there's a teeny chance that there's a one in ten chance that the winner tonight will be a former student of Stefan Nefa, which would really help the hashtagging for me today with this podcast, if I can get on that wave. So come on, Mick Flannery, for absolutely selfish means. But it's also a very, very good record, so go on that. And if you don't win, uh, sure, it doesn't matter anyway. Anyway, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, interview... The, the conversations with Chris O'Hearn, it's a half hour conversation teasing out in detail a, a new project that he's a part of. So there's no point me paraphrasing the whole thing in introduction. There is a tiny edit that the eagle eared might notice uh, when I, it wasn't illegal, it wasn't libelous, nothing like that, but it was just wrong. And this is me trying to cut out fake news. As ever, uh, my two supporters of uh, Badger and Dodo Coffee and um, at Mac and Penrose Wharf, I uh, hurriedly and thoroughly endorse. Um, and as ever, all the things that the really successful podcasts ask for, please do that for me. So like, share, subscribe, review. I still haven't reviewed myself, but ultimately I shouldn't because I have so much to say about myself that I'll probably save it for a podcast itself. Has anyone ever hot-linked a review of a podcast to the link to another podcast? With the person whose podcast it is. Watch out for that. It might be a quiet episode. The funny thing is I'm also sitting on um, two interviews that I feel like a real media guy. We're, we're waiting for gigs of theirs or events of theirs to be announced to make it sort of um, topical. But I have another few in the pipeline. Uh, hopefully I'll be doing some t- next week with somebody who's running for the Senate. Uh, really showing my hard-hitting political stuff. But anyway, there we go. It's Ronan here, sitting in Cork. I have to edit this and then head for a train, so I have the feeling I'm going to be uploading it in Dublin 
and sharing it in Belfast. So this is my first international podcast, if you will, even though that's only, oh, that's a political hotbed. It's, th- this podcast is being produced entirely on the island of Ireland. Uh, oh, God, that's awkward. Good. I suppose it's good for me to get my awkward miss steps of of the thorny issue of Northern Ireland only in my own house to put on the internet than up in Belfast itself um, because I just have a tendency look I'm doing it right now to talk myself into trouble even though I right now have the ability to edit it out but I'm, I'm not going to because I have enough editing to do later okay look have a great listen I really encourage people to follow up with um the, the the label we're talking about because the artists on it have been by pure virtue of selection and curation they're top talents uh, I'd say there's a one of them's playing around Cork this weekend check your listings anyway look that's a five minute intro to a 30 minute conversation it's like I'm a middle aged man building up to an anecdote look have a great weekend um, and be careful out there bye so thanks me. Uh, here I am sitting with today's guest in one of the Purpose Built Studios in Colossian Stefanefa from the Music Management and Sound Course uh, with the midfield general of the very course itself, uh, Chris Ahern. Welcome. Thanks, Ronan. Thanks very much. So I've known you for over two decades at this stage. We were probably both five or six at the time. Um, and I've obviously... I, I, I come out once a year and, and speak briefly um, to your students about, you know, the, the little quarter of the industry I live in. But you have been teaching at this stage. Would you've, you've, well, you've certainly, would you've hit a thousand students has come and gone, really? Yeah, well, yeah. well done a thousand, yeah. yeah. Over 31 years of now, so. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, which is incredible. So a lot of the names that people would know, of course, would be, uh, Mick Flannery, Mel Connolly, um, Sinead Lowen, O Emperor, Ten Past Seven, loads. Uh, and uh, the person most high, high profile at the moment would probably be uh, Elio, Elio O'Keefe. Yeah. But that's been, um, and I forgive, that was that, that was a degree course, wasn't it? Was it? Or it, it, there's different levels, yeah. Well, we had, uh, actually, when we started, there was nothing, which was bliss. There was no mm. qualification whatsoever, so we were free to just give people what they needed to operate in the industry. After about four or five years, a crowd called NCVA came along, which became QQI, uh, VTAC, then became QQI, um, and it all became more formalised. Then we added on, uh, you write a diploma, a VTAC Higher National Diploma, which was a British-based uh, diploma, which meant that people could get into the final year of a degree course so we wouldn't be allowed in a, a small college like this to do a full degree course mm-hmm. um, but to all intents and purposes our BTEC higher national di- diploma prepared people for anything they needed mm. and as, a, as an educator yourself and this was okay technically you're an educator but there's much a musical career development facilitator you're like almost like a midwife of people coming in with Ideas and you, you help them focus because it's about turning people's interest into a profession ultimately, isn't Absolutely. it? Um, so the the next wave of it or step uh, gets launched um, this Friday, Friday the sixth. I th- this will be up at some point in that week, um, and it's a 
even for me just as a listener and a fan, it seems a very exciting step. So could you explain, it's a label you are creating or helping? Yes, yes. Um, two of the staff in, in the Stefan Neffer, CSN, as we're now knowing, uh, now known as CS, Klaus Stefan Neffer, uh, we're teaching inside in the degree course and the master's course in um, Cork School of Music, CIT, Cork School of Music. Now CIT, as you know, is a much broader enterprise and they're having an innovation week during that week, March 2nd to March 6th. And they were looking for ideas, innovation in various aspects of industry. Um, now music is an industry and we're trying to establish it as that and get people to take it seriously. So um, I recommended that we should set up a, a label uh, of some sort, ideally a record label in CSM because um, there's so much talent coming out there that Cork is bursting at the walls at the, the, at the moment with people writing, performing in, in all various styles. It used to be the singer-songwriter thing, now you've got people playing, you know, you walk past uh, any venue and there's, the, the, there's a band uh, playing live music there, which is a great thing. Like when I was growing up, I remember a time where all night music had stopped and it was replaced by a DJ with um, playing, the, playing the latest chart hits. It's great to see the place buzzing. But there's so much talent um, and so little know-how in terms of music management or how to get to the next stage. So do you leave after a four-year degree just coming out, being able to play a bit better than you did? Or do you have a career plan? Do you know how to interact with radio stations or podcasts or... Um, how to get Spotify, you know, how to use DistroKid, um, and you know, how to get your product, for what a better word, out, out in public. So we felt at least that having a label in Cork School of Music would be a way of developing that talent, giving them some extra place, using it as a springboard to get, to get into the real world of music once the studies had ended. So I had suggested CSM Records, just as a record label, because there's so many recordings inside there of a, a high enough quality. But then Hugh McCarthy, who's also involved in this, uh, the, the coordinator of the tech masters inside there, um, suggested CSM sounds, which would encompass, you know, anything from electronica to classical to the mm. theatre course, the musical theatre. Soundtracking, which I can only yeah, assume they'll be moving into soon enough. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it'll be a natural progression. So it's a better umbrella for, for, for what we're thinking. Mm. So CSM Sounds it is, and it's being launched on, as you say, Friday 6th. Mm. There's actually, on that point, there's two things I've been ruminating upon, which is ever since the School of Music we, we'll, you know, relaunched itself when it was built, and um, I've noticed like year on year, more people are staying. Like Cork's my base now. Like at, at the weekend, one of the former alumni from here, um, uh, Mick Flannery, played with the Cork Opera House um, Orchestra, concert orchestra, which featured many musicians who have not only lived in Cork and gone to the School of Music, they've never left. Whereas before, you were going to London, you were going to Dublin f for a career. So there's that. And then there's um, Music Cork, which is like international industry. But yeah. as, as you said, there's been a... A middle ground, if you will, like the, not this, the first step, but the next few stepping stones have, have, have been missing. But to park that to one side, but there's been this ad recently on the radio, I don't know if you've heard it, it's a revolutionary service where if you need milk, you type it into your app and the milk gets delivered to you the next day, right? And it's been so, like they've 
reinvented the wheel, but of course we remember milkmen and women. <laughs> so the label thing, do you think that there's been some sort of industry shift where a few years ago, everyone was, pardon the pun, was a one-man band. I, you have to record it yourself, you have to master it yourself, and then you have to get it out there. And now people are realising there's a reason there's industry knowledge. So coming to a, a label run, and uh, we shouldn't mention that it's the uh, Colin Verkham um, bursary award winners are sort of being streamlined like, towards they're this. They're, when they're launching it this year, yeah. they'll open out then after that. Just a good place to go to acknowledge Colin and his contribution to music, obviously, but uh, his very generous um, uh, sponsorship of and, and uh, Camilla's spo- uh, generous sponsorship of a bursary for the winner of the songwriting award every year in in School of Music, which mm-hmm. is a, a very um, positive step. So just to, to mark that in another way, it's an appropriate place to, to launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will branch out after that. It'll be composers, as you say, uh, soundtracks, um, anybody who writes anything. It, it's a home for them. And hopefully they'll be able to get advice on steps to you know what you need to do, the behind-the-scenes stuff, before that can actually get out in the public. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do it. And hopefully be talking to people like yourself mm-hmm. about the practicalities of that as well. So w- would you talk me through a practicality? Like one thing I've met, met mentioned of, I used to run open mics, and there was always an interesting thing when you'd have first year students who'd sort of moved to Cork from you know Killarney or Limerick or whatever, and they'd always end up coming to my open mic because they they knew nothing. Yeah. You know, the second week they lived in Cork, they go to the open mic on the yeah. Tuesday and stuff, and you'd always meet them, and like they were always keen, but some of them. They weren't mad on following up text messages, not to mention writing entire press release media campaigns and stuff. So could you talk me through what like what what gaps will CSM sounds be filling in for people? Um, we don't need to main, mention any specific artist, but yes, just generic yeah. talented songwriter, singer person. Yeah, uh, it's a very good question because uh, we were talking uh, before we came on about somebody like Mel Connolly who is just a one-person operation and he does all of this himself. It's the practicalities that people um, miss about writing that press release about yourself that you, re- you realise is way more difficult than you thought it was going to be, no matter how brilliant you think you are. You're trying to get that balance between um, sounding like you're the best thing ever, but trying to be humble at the same time. You realise that there's a tone to be struck in writing a press release, the practicalities of getting posters together, being studio-ready, um, before you go to record your demo, do you do, you do pre-production or can you afford it? Do you research studios, go to the one that best suits you, or do you just go to the nearest one? All of those practicalities are really important. Getting proper uh, photographs done, getting proper press pack together. Uh, most importantly, having a, a high quality demo. You know, the recipient of your demo, whether it's a venue or a, a label, they're not going to say, oh, well, they, have, they probably don't have much money, but this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally that will happen because you'll see the energy in a track but more often than not if you conduct yourself professionally you're going to you're going to be taken seriously mm-hmm. if it looks like you you thought this through and that you're serious about it then uh, chances are people will get back mm-hmm. to you and it's that simple you build up your career that way step mm-hmm. by step and particularly because unfortunately it is competition if venue X receives 15 packages a month of could we play here in three months' time, and two of them are dr- addressed to the person by name, and the other one are dear to whom it concerns. Yeah. 
immediately there's a brownie point going to the person who uses the correct name. Who's done the research, yeah. exactly. And much more so now than ever before because uh, there's a lot of talent, which on its own, as, as we all know, isn't, isn't enough. And there are so few venues, there are so places with this talent to go, you definitely need to up your game in terms of quality right across the, the, the board. And the brand that you put out, the consistency of your philosophy needs to be very clear and very professional. I mean, there, it's just not an option anymore. Mm. There was a day when, you know, they say, well, this is very rough, but it sounds interesting. You know, A&R people really aren't along the way they used to be. They're not willing to give you that um, benefit of the doubt. Um, they won't come and see you on a, 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 a whim. They really want to kind of say, this might be worth seeing. Mm. And you've got to put that in front of them. To, to the listener who might know what an A&R man is, basically, back in the day, <laughs> as we were sitting in our rocking chairs, if a label signed a band, it was generally, you know, a five-album deal, and the A&R man, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, was sort of, almost like the, the midwife or the polishing school or someone with just a few more years' experience than the band and or maybe showing the band things they weren't aware of like they might have only grown up as a rock band and they might be 22 and they might never have heard of television or the clash and you know just that so moving forward to your role will will csm sounds be as much a and ring as adminning because you're not trying to teach them how to be a band at that stage no, they, know, they already stage. know what they're doing they, they know that exactly and they've been chosen to be on the label because the ARR function has been already put into action. So ideally, what this should do is replicate the structure of a, mm. of a, of a label. So you would have your ARR, you have your sales, you're, you're going to, there's promotion there automatically, like even mm. sending out the invites for the launch has been a, an exercise in admin. So there are departments, there are, there's a recording studio there, there's an engineer, all of these things are provided by CSM uh, and there'll be meetings between the 12 people on the board will kind of say, right, we'll go with this one, this one will work, this year we're going to try something different. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's, it's not a full-time operation, but there are equally talented people on the staff who have uh, buckets of experience or contacts in the industry where um, they'll be making contributions to meetings and kind of decision-making as well. Mm -hmm. And just to centre on your experience, and, and as you've been very clear, it's not just you doing this, but you... You were a professional musician before you were teaching, yes. weren't you? Yeah, so that's remained throughout. And you, so my understanding is the Stargazers, but maybe you had other bands before that as well. So you yes. have went from the like the old days where you know CDs were a novelty and it was tapes and LPs and yeah. right through. So you've seen the industry change so many times, and I'm I'm just getting old enough to realize that every time there's a revolution. That isn't it. Finished now. There's going to be another thing because, like, yes. I I assume within two or three years, Spotify will have been overtaken by someone else. And I wonder will it be the Patreon model where you tip a, a, a track you like? There was actually a very interesting thing. It'd be brilliant if I remember the exact name of it. But about twelve years ago, um, somebody who works in creative told me about this, where someone's trying to start a private internet where. I think you were going to pay $20 a month to be in it. And if someone wrote an article, you'd like it. If someone put up a video, you'd like it. And basically, to make it very simplistic, if you liked 100 things in the month, everyone got like 
17 cent. So you were basically going to earn money based on users democratically. So if you liked a thousand things, everyone would get 1.7%, but there we go. And I assume, Spot, because ultimately the artists get the, the least, and maybe that's a variation of how the industry has always worked. Yes. But do you identify where the CSM sounds is going to fit into, like, as the industry is changing, as opposed to going, this is the URL you need to get on Spotify. Like, yeah. have you? Yeah. You're trying to teach that, are you? Uh, well, definitely at the moment, you set up in DistroKid and they look after all that for you. But I think what you mentioned is really interesting because I was reading an interview with Deborah Rexa recently who said she now realizes at her young age that nobody in the industry actually knows anything. You know, you, engineers know what they're doing, obviously. Producers, by and large, know what they're doing. Uh, different people know their, their own skills, their own measurable areas, but nobody knows what's going to happen next. Mm. And if you think back even 10 years, the question you had for any musician was, what's your MySpace? You would, a musician would look at you now and say, what? Mm. Um, and I think you're absolutely right, the thing is changing, it's like a kaleidoscope in front of us. That's the exciting thing about a revolution, that you, nobody knows that. I think Patreon, even things like Twitch, you know how people use those. Um, I think there are spaces to watch, but we don't even know what's being invented in terms of how music is going to be used, or uh, like even the way Netflix has begun to use music now, the, the big three, you know, Sony, Universal and Warner are still taking about 76% of all industry wealth. Mm. What's going to be left for the rest? The, the rest? Nobody actually knows, and that's, that's the great thing about it. People can make predictions, but it's like the economy or it's like the, you know, the virus. It's more important than the economy, it's music, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in that sense, in terms of measurability, people are going to make, they're making predictions about what kind of government we're going to have and who's going to be with whom and who's not, who's refusing. It's a bit like that in the music business at the moment. So it's a bit like under 11s playing football. You know, the ball goes down there and everybody follows mm. it down to the corner flag and then they all follow it back up to the centre circle and it's kind of this kind of wild enthusiasm. This looks like it's happening, let's follow it. And really, nobody knows. I could, I could come up with a theory here that gives an impression mm. after, all, after all these years. But as you said earlier on, with every revolution, I remember the last time music completely died, you know, before um, streaming came in or before um, file sharing, before people were getting music for free. The precursor of that, that was blank cassettes mm. and the fact that nobody could get a gig in Cork. From that, there's, there's this lot of activity which is uncontrolled. Um, the f funny thing, I'm going through my I'm constantly going through my archives and I found a tape that was recorded in this room, I think, by Dave Burke. I, f I found oh. his <laughs> first tape and I'm holding on to it for possible uh, ransom, if nothing really? else. Yeah. But then I, we're, we're looking down at it. But I'm noticing there's an A track to my left. Yes. But I'm scanning the room and I don't see a CD burner anywhere. No. So that shows CD burner's gone and um, there might be one remaining there. Uh, no, that's no. gone as well. You can see, yeah. There's two, two hard drives. And yeah. There we go. And you, yeah, before you'd have an A, an A dash kind of mm. file there as well. All changed, mm. and that's that's how quickly the the, the thing is moving. Mm. Um, the whole debate then extends to. What album, you know? Is there a need for an album? Is it just tracks? Mm. Do people actually want a physical copy anymore? I mean, I personally believe yes. Uh, vinyl and, and CD, you know, a tangible merch at the end of a gig is always mm. a great thing. And it'll do a lot more than a thousand streams. But uh, there is a mindset that thinks, I'm just going to release singles now. What, what is an album? 
So we're at that crossover as well. Or is it crossing back over? The thing is just um, in a state of flux. And it's, it's still exciting. That's so so th- that leads us to an interesting question. So that's your opinion. And I, I would also still be of the... Like, I personally think albums... If like, look, many bands are already doing this with um, like box set. Premium deluxe versions, and then, but I, I'm wondering if it's going to move more like book publishing, where you release a hard cop, hard cover that's going to be more expensive, and then six months later, the paperback, the ex, you know, excess. Yeah. Like when I was a, a younger consumer, the cheaper format was what I'd always buy. Yes. Whereas now, I buy less but premium, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. pretty much uh, the same band, and their two members are all I buy these days at, at the most expensive level, but. Has CSM sounds have have you got a mission statement? Is it like the um, you know the best um, way of um, accessing the the best we've identified, or will it be trying to almost be an umbrella for everyone coming through eventually? Or how how are you going to? Well, the latter. Yeah. Uh, where it, it's probably more educational than our education based than a traditional record label now we have the same functions but it is a bit um i suppose it's, it's proud of its own you know graduates in the sense that it's another bonus to if you want to csm that you have your um the chance of being on this mm. you know being able to talk to people about how to release or having something released by somebody else the four tracks that have been released at the moment have already been released by the individual artists mm. so it's just another way of promotion for them and a place to come for advice. So, who are the artists? That would be a good yes, selling point. Uh, a media uh, person would have gone into that straight away. Rowan, uh, Dylan Howe, as you know, yeah. and, and, and his band. Uh, he won the Colin Verincombe Award one of the years, as did all the, as did all the um, feature artists on the CD. Yeah, actually, just speak, because we were talking beforehand about, um, well, it's, it's not a secret, we were talking about a, a musician who also works as a manager for a different band yes. and works for a producer for a third band. So we were talking about how the days of being a singular talent or well, uh, having a singular revenue stream are, are, are long gone. Um, Rowan is an example. Yes. Of, well, uh, okay. Because I interviewed Dylan. Rowan isn't Dylan's band. They are a band, but Dylan would be, by virtue of winning the bursary, for instance, he'd possibly be the more visual reference point but like he is an accompanist as a profession almost and writing the music and Rowan but so many people have probably seen him without knowing it's Dylan if he plays with the Franks he plays with um, voice works all all this kind of stuff so like Rowan would be example of someone who has have identified we want to make songs to our standards and to our taste that would be slow burners, as yes, opposed to, definitely. Um, you know, this sounds like, insert pop star's name, yeah. we're, we're on that take, yeah. we need it out next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. that actually epitomises what the label is about, because um, I would personally believe that the slow burner over time is a far better career choice um, than trying to be famous or trying to go for the commercial hit and kind of, everybody knows my name. Um, so, uh, like, Dylan in particular and Rowan, their philosophy, they're a great, a great bunch of guys. They, they kind of, um, 
they sit down, they have meetings about this stuff, and they, they have kind of philosophy, they have an ethos about yeah. like Owen Emperor used to do, it was kind of, it was a thing. Yeah. And uh, it's great to see that in, in young musicians. That kind of is the old style, being in a band, you know, developing yeah. songs, having quality control, kind of tacitly amongst yourselves, yeah. and you just kind of say, uh, this isn't good enough, lads, this is what we should be doing. And for me, it's exciting to watch a band like that, and it's great to have a band like that on this CD. Now, along with that, you have Ophelia, who's a different oh, kind oh, of she's band. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. She was in School of Music, yeah, she yeah. was in CSM and did brilliantly there. Um, Sarah Beth O'Malan, you may have mm. come across. Yeah. And then a girl from Athen Roy uh, called Sinead Murphy, more uh, acoustic. Um, but a court name, that's what... A good court name, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, as I say, by virtue of having won the award, they're the, 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 the obvious choices. But the really next exciting thing is to see where you know, when you have time to root around in an ALR kind of way for um, new music, is it going to be electronica, is it going to be stuff that might be used in the movie, is it going to be experimental, yeah, is it going to be the spoken voice, it can be anything. Yeah, and it's possibly a teenager in Balancholic that hasn't decided yet. That's you know, the, the really exciting yeah, thing. Yeah, they maybe just got garage band yeah. on a computer and they haven't yeah. installed it yet, yeah. which yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. But um, and one final question. So um, I know you certainly don't have the same financial resources and you you don't have the uh, ego that they had. But um, Mother Records, 20, 30 years ago, yeah. was when you two, and it was always admirable to me, you know, yes. um, once they got a bit of notoriety and a bit of money, they started their own label to give up-and-coming people a start. But their whole intention was we don't want to be releasing your second album, we want you to be moving on. Yes. Is that, like, is, are you joining the dots? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if somebody has been through this once and they see the process that we have uh, gone through, how we engage with people, how we write the press release, how we need to follow up, how you need to say thank you, uh, just be a good kind of person to work with in the business, that on its own uh, is a starting point. And as with all higher level education, all you can do is bring somebody to the to the stream and said, there are five boats there, how are you going to get across, as opposed to pedagogy with children where you, you kind of spoon feed them and you, yeah. you, you kind of say, uh, you need to take this because it's good for you. Uh, these people now have options, but they will use their own intelligence and resources to take it from here. You wouldn't have time and Mother Records didn't. Uh, I thought that was a great idea, I remember when mm. it came and in. And so many people came through it, like, yeah. um, I think Hot House Flowers was Definitely. one of their first yeah. ones. And, yeah. um, and actually, just on the final, this isn't even a question, but you just sparked it off me. Um, you were, uh, as CSN, were doing an event in Kino a few days ago for the students. So it's not that people should have known about it. I do a bit of work there as well. Actually, I had my 40th birthday there last week. Oh. I know, did you notice there was a That's Christmas crazy. card on the top shelf, like a singular Christmas card that the Kino were sent? And it was by one of the bands that they put on it. it the, the Kino also run a series of concerts in Life at St. Luke's, so it's one yes. band sent yeah. one Christmas card, and about 30 people went, Who's that Christmas card from? Just the oh, slightest touch great. of just saying thanks very much. That's you know, exactly yeah. the kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it costs, what is it? Well, well, you need a band loan <laughs> these days. Maybe <laughs> CSM Sounds will cover the uh, stationary costs as well. Yes. But look, uh, Chris, thanks very much. Um, I suppose um, Facebook, Instagram, what will CS or will CSM Sounds just? Have a website that people yes, will it, see. It'll be it'll be linked to the, the CIT Cork School of Music site, so it'll be a, yeah. all those links will be there. Yeah. And actually, on a side note, if you are checking that website, one of my favourite things that there's maybe a hundred a year 
of the different masters' performances. There's always free concerts at lunchtime, and so just keep an eye on that because you see incredible, yeah. <laughs> incredible gigs. Like Dylan's played a load, like, yeah. and I've seen a lot of Dan Walsh's and uh, um, uh, Owen Walsh did. So well, like, it, it doesn't matter who, who they were, but gr- great standard of performance, yeah, free absolutely. gigs. There we go. Great. Yeah. And, and live streamed. It's, it's great. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks very much, Chris. I'm Thank you. Talk Thank again you. soon. Thank Bye. You.